Brad, it's a little boring for us not <laughs> being in the postseason watching this World yeah. Series. If you're watching it, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of paying attention to it, but not as closely as I would generally. And maybe if we get to a game seven, then maybe I will pay attention pretty closely. But uh, how you do? How you doing after, you know, we've been sitting here for a couple of weeks with no baseball. What's going on? You know, it's good. I um, I set up a TV in the garage. Uh, I've had this TV for a long time, just kind of sitting around. I shuffled TVs. You remember we had a picture of it a while mm-hmm. back where I was hanging TVs in the house. So I had this extra like, I don't know, like 40 inch, 42 inch. So I hung it in the garage. And then we have the direct TV service where you can, uh, you have the wireless boxes. So it's great. So I put a couple extra cables out there. So uh, yesterday I was out there setting up for Halloween and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I just unplugged the box, plugged it in out there. I mean, 20 seconds later, I got TV out in the garage and uh, did the same thing on Saturday. I had to do a little work in the garage. I sent you a picture of uh, drinking some beer out in the garage oh, yeah. and watching the World Series. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's fun. It's baseball. Um you know, it's it's exciting, the crowds and everything like that. So it's, it, you know, I, I've been enjoying it for the most part, more for our friend Harveen. Um, you know, I, I texted him last night after the uh, Duval Grand Slam and they were up 4 nothing in the first. And I go, hey, it's really going to happen. And I think I jinxed it. Oh, so. man. Um, <laughs> he didn't talk to me the rest of the night. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we should probably talk about it, right? Because... Last we left people was at the beginning of uh, the World Series. Yeah. And uh, so it goes out. Braves win game one. Astros come back, win game two. Then they go to Atlanta and the Braves win the first two games. And so they're up 3-1. And yesterday they have a chance to end it. And like you said, Adam Duvall hits a grand slam in the very first inning. And I'm just like, oh. It's off, off for the races. Yeah. This is how it's going to be. The Braves are that team this year. Uh, you know what did they win in the? What did they win like eighty six games or eighty four games or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I think well, yeah, eighty eight, eighty nine, something like that. Yeah, I mean it was a really low number where you're thinking, and the Giants with their one oh seven, and the Dodgers with their one oh six, and here comes this eighty eight. Yeah, you're right, eighty eight. Eighty eight. Here comes this little Braves team just kind of chugging along, uh, chugging along, and you know doing what they do, waiting for the big boys to knock each other off, and then. Uh, you know, pick up the scraps and, and get themselves into the World Series. And then here they are beating up on American League's uh, second best team, right? I guess you can. I don't know. I'm never convinced with the Rays. They could <laughs> win 125 games and I would still go, mm, they're the Rays. So, yeah. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so then all of a sudden I, I look back at the score. Houston scores two in the second. Yeah. Then two in the third. Braves add one in the third. So they're still up 5-4. And so it's the fifth inning. And it's kind of make or break for Houston. Like, are they just going to are they going to lie down here? What's going to happen? They score three runs in the fifth. And, like, it just boggles my mind. because And some of this is in, in our World Series uh, championship wins, the starting pitching... Like you never saw the Giants lose a game nine to five, right? They were always right. it, there. There were maybe a game or two where they gave up, you know, a decent amount of runs. There was a, I think there was a game, uh, the game before game six. So game six in in uh, fourteen, I think they gave up like seven runs or something. But yeah. I was just like, my expectation is, oh, you get a lead, you shut it down, and that's not that's not what happened here. They get to, uh, they get three runs, so they're up. Uh, seven to five, and then they tack on two more. And do you know who closed the game for Atlanta, throwing the last three innings of the game, giving up two runs, and then while, while doing it? Uh, was it the great Will Smith? No, it's the great Drew Smiley. Oh, yeah, I did see. Okay, that's right, I did see him in there. You were talking and, about last night's game, right? Yeah, and yeah, and at, the, at this point, it was just the fact that they're burning through so many arms. <laughs> Yeah. And so you're like, okay, like we we need a guy who can go a little longer, and who cares if he gives up five hits as we're trying to come back in this game? You know, it's only seven five, and he comes in in the seventh inning, so you're still down two. It's like, no, we're just going to keep throwing him. He's 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 given up a run in the seventh and the eighth. Oh well, we don't have the arms to throw these games because we go through our bullpen so much. But yeah, so nine five Astros uh, take the game. So they come back, not today, they come back Tuesday 
for game six and uh, back in Houston. And then, uh, and then game seven would be on Wednesday if it happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, not to say that who knows when, when it comes to a championship series, when you don't have like the big market teams, like feels like if the Dodgers or the Red Sox would be in it, like more people would be talking about it. Um, But, you know, the the Braves are a a very fun story. The Astros are the villains. Technically, you need a good villain still. And I just I mean, the numbers are up too. look. It looks like at least compared to last year, um, the numbers are definitely up. I just don't feel like a lot of people outside of the people I know who talk baseball even care right now. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, and so I want to ask you a, a wrestling question here. So are the, are the Astros considered, I don't know the definition of a heel. Yeah. So are they the heels or are they just the villains or is that one in the same? When they're it comes the same. To wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Same thing. thing. All right. they're, 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 they're the bad guys. They're okay. uh rowdy, rowdy Piper. Okay. Cause I thought a heel was more of, and and you can call the Astros the heels too because they're more of like uh, we cheated, but you know, uh, but we're going to show you. Yeah, we're we're great and we're awesome, and you know, blah blah blah. The whole Carlos Correa post <laughs> thing after all of that. Everybody, I don't think many people like the guy, and everybody thinks he's going to go to the Yankees, and I think that's a perfect fit because yeah. nobody likes the Yankees. He goes to the Yankees, everybody's just mad, and I think that's going to be a good fit. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so we'll see what happens in these last two games. I'd wanted to see the Astros win just because of Dusty, mm-hmm. but there is a nice little story with the Braves. Like they are kind of like the, you know, if you th- if you just look at it from a wins and losses standpoint, how many wins are they behind? They're at least like fifteen wins behind the Astros. Yeah, so there's something there with them that I think you know if they do win it, it'll be a nice little story. But uh, I don't know. Football is just so big and basketball season started and it just seems like baseball people are uh, rather than it like, oh, great. The World Series. It's like, oh, yeah, that means the baseball season's almost over. Like, that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting. <laughs> I am a little bit, um, you know, most of my friends are are baseball fans. That's just kind of how um, how it happened. Right. Uh, so it's hard. And then like tonight, uh, you know, so Monday night, you got Monday night football, but it is a garbage game. It's the Chiefs and the Giants. I don't think anybody outside of Chiefs and Giants fans are really going to care about this one a whole lot. And unless right. you're playing fantasy, then there's a lot of fantasy implications on the Chiefs side of that, but not the Giants side for mm-hmm. the most part. Um so, so then you get a game like this, and and so I'm anticipating tomorrow night. I'm excited about tomorrow night because, uh, you know, are the Braves going to close it out? Are the Astros going to push it to a game seven? Um, so I think most baseball fans are probably pretty into this, but I know what you mean. And there are some fans that are, um, you know, just Giants fans. Like they just right. watch Giants games. They follow the Giants. They don't care much about any other type of baseball. Um so yeah, it's and and how do you fix that going forward? I mean, it's it, football is an anticipatory sport because mm-hmm. you play once a week. So your team wins the week before and they looked awesome. Well, you can't wait to see them the next week do the same thing. Or right. if they lose, you can't wait to see them turn it around. Baseball, it's it's every day. I mean, it's yeah. You know, we've talked about this all the time. You lose ten nothing last night. Well, we got a game tonight. We got our ace going, so we'll, we'll fix that. Um, so there's a lot of more just kind of even keel to it. Uh, basketball, I think, is I would feel is kind of the same, right? I mean, because you, you like the Warriors started out pretty hot, and so you're kind of anticipating the next game mm-hmm. because you have a couple days in between, right? Um, but with baseball, you just don't have that. It's just kind of the everyday kind of lulls you into the sport. Um, there's no like major excitement, anticipation. Um, there's a day off for travel and that's it. And then it's every night there's a game. So um, I don't know. I don't know how to change that. Uh, I don't want any breaks. I think they did it a few years back, right? Uh, during the playoffs where, uh, you know, you'd have game one and then a break and then two and three and then a break and then four. I mean, it was ridiculous, what, whatever it was that they were doing. And we were finishing the World Series like November 12th or 13th <laughs> or something. And it was just dragging on too much. So, um, yeah. I, I, this is probably a conversation for another show, but I do wonder 
if baseball has just become a localized sport and is not a and not that national sport anymore because like you and I, you know, out of the 162 Giants games, like how many of those did you at least watch an inning or two on the TV? Probably like 75, 80%, right? Uh, probably more. Um, yeah. uh, and that's how I've been doing it for years and years and years, just because, um, you know, when the kids were younger, it was, I'd always have it on. Um, and there's times where I'll go through, and this, this is probably my broadcasting background. There's, there's time and I love Kruk and Kipe and I love John Miller and I love Fleming, but there are plenty of times, especially this season, I have the Giants game on, but I'm listening to music and doing mm-hmm. the dishes at the same time. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I mean the game started at 645 and they end at 945, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, so so again, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard to kind of lock into that nine innings of baseball every single day it's yeah, it's sure. near impossible if you have a family if you have other things going on so and I, and i guess it would say something to our fandom to where we were watching so hard at the end that at the end of game five we were just like oh my god i'm exhausted like you <laughs> yeah. you were physically ill <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was yes <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough season for the fans if that yeah. tells you yeah, anything yeah, yeah it was i mean my 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 week-long travel the week before <laughs> had something to do with it but yeah yeah it was uh i'm getting old garrett i'm getting old man i'm starting to kind of feel it yeah <laughs> all right let's let's hit the uh, the intro video we'll come back talking about what we're drinking on this show Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come on in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, so uh, what are you drinking there as we get started? I am sipping on something really warm and nice. Uh, it's something I've been wanting to try, try for a while. So it's from the Wild Turkey family. Uh, it is the Wild Turkey bottle of Long Branch. Hmm. And uh, it's very good. You can get this at Costco. Costco, I think it was like $32.99 here in Reno. Uh, but it is Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's oak and Texas mesquite charcoal refined wow um and it clocks in at 43 percent. so quick math 86 proof um look at that i'm pretty good doubling numbers um but it's really good so i i enjoy it um with this one i enjoy with one single tiny ice cube i don't do the big ball Mm. ice cube on this one because i like to slow drink this one and if i did that with that gigantic ball then it would just be water towards the end yeah um but it is it is warm it is great for this time of year i don't know if you can see the weather back here Um, yeah that's what i was wondering yeah in the high sierras here we get um about an hour and a half of fall and then it goes away <laughs> like it's it's summer and then it's fall. All the leaves drop and then all of a sudden it's winter. Although it's not too bad right now. I think it's 55 degrees outside. So it's not awful, but it's windy and chilly. Um, so this is the time of year to break out the nice, the, the nice warm stuff and kind of just oh, yeah. sip on it. So, yeah, what do you got? So I'm drinking the same thing that I drank last time, which is nice. that uh, the Kentucky Mule that I, that, I, that I enjoyed so much. <laughs> I, it was my last can of uh, the ginger beer or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just do it again. Uh, but it, it is a hefty drink, as you can tell. Yeah, very hefty, hefty, <laughs> hefty drink here. So no, but it, yeah, but it's uh, it's great and it is very tasty. And yeah. if you are. Somebody who doesn't like all the sugar and you want to turn to something that is, uh, you know, Ziv- I guess the Zevia. I don't know how the Zevia soda is made, but Zevia, Stevia is, is a plant technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people are pro Stevia. Some people aren't as much pro Stevia. But uh, yeah, I, I dig it. So, yeah, we um, we grew some on the side of the house a couple of years back and the Denise took it, mashed it, did some different stuff with it and then actually made a syrup out of it. Oh, wow. Um, so we were putting that in drinks at one point, too. Nice. So speaking of sugar, did you eat a lot of the children's <laughs> Halloween candy <laughs> or were you or were you doing what a lot of people do? And here's one for this. Trip, here's one for me. And <laughs> OK, so this is actually a great segue because yes. I, I wanted to ask about how Halloween is going. <laughs> but since you specifically asked about candy, yeah. 
uh, I can generally stay away from that kind of stuff. Now, Crystal is more of a fan of like breads and such. And so if bread is around, like bread and butter together is just one of the greatest things on earth. So sometimes I will have some. Generally, I wouldn't. I think I, I probably went a couple of years with with barely having any bread whatsoever. But so I look at sweets in, in the same way, which is like if I'm shopping for myself, I know not to buy them, then mm. I don't then I don't need it. Yeah. But you know, if they're there, then I'll be way more tempted. And I will say I, I'll give myself a B plus in restraint. Excellent. Um there there was a you know when 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 we put the bowl out, I was like, oh Reese's cup. I haven't had Reese's cup in forever. <laughs> Grabbed one, ate it. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen this candy in forever. Mr. Goodbar, huh? Ate that. And then um, what happened is, so here's the worst thing is we live in Sunnyvale. Mm. And last year was the first year that we lived here. We actually, no, I take that back. We moved in on November 1st. Oh, okay. So we, we weren't even here for Halloween technically. Uh, but the the area is a little bit older. Like the the people who live around here are, are a little bit older, and so I was kind of wondering, you know, are we going to get trick or treaters? But I thought, you know what, it's a also a I, I wouldn't consider it a rich neighborhood, but it's fairly well off. Like they're you know pe- apples close by. Oh yeah. Um, you know, nice big houses. So I was like, oh, people probably think that oh, these people will have you know have something. Nobody was trick or treating here last night. Wow. We had one all Whoa. night, one person. So we had all oh, this candy and one person. So I'm sure when the kids got back, they're like, <laughs> oh, this is all for us now. We can have it in our thing. So yeah. <laughs> Look at all the stuff that mom and dad went out and got for us <laughs> trick or treating on their own. Because you, you do the. Like you decorate the house and stuff, right? Yeah. And I try, I don't do it leading up to because uh, we still are running the sprinklers and stuff. I'm actually going to be shutting. You guys don't do this in the Bay Area, but we actually shut down our sprinklers Mm. in uh, the last week of October, first week of November. Shut down the system, drain it. Uh, Lawns go dormant. They turn brown. Spring comes they pop right back to green. They don't, it actually doesn't die. They just go dormant. Um, And so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. (laughs) It saves a lot on the water bill. I'll tell you that Mm -hmm. during the winter. Uh, Don't have to mow the lawn or any of that stuff, but we have, um, you know, so I have this big Jack Skellington blow up thing. That's like, I don't know, 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall. So I like to put that out on the lawn, but I do it the day of. um, And then I have what something I created last year called a candy shoot. Uh, I should have sent you a picture because you could popped it up for everybody to see but maybe we'll put it on our social media but it's this i I take a ladder and i take a big tube and we did it for covid last year to kind of keep distance and it's about eight or nine feet away so the kids come up put their buckets at the bottom of the tube and it's a big you know scary looking face and stuff and then uh and then you drop the candy in it and it comes down the nose or mouth or whatever it is and pops into their thing and i'm playing i have this really cool like Halloween soundtrack and we play all this cool music and stuff. Some of it is like pop music um, with like monster themes. And so we probably got anywhere from like 70 to 90 kids last night. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And it, it was fun. And it was funny too, because there's four houses in the cul-de-sac uh, and everybody had their lights on. Everybody was passing out candy, but people would walk by the cul-de-sac, see our setup because we set it up at the bottom of the street. Uh, bottom of the sidewalk so they would come in go to our place and then leave so i I started having to tell the kids and their parents i go hey everybody here is open so yeah yeah (laughs) come in the cul-de-sac don't just hit us hit everybody right 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 and then head out so yeah so it's fun we like to do that and the kids are older now so they went out for about they, they went out together which was great a group of friends um and they were gone for i don't know half hour and came back with a bunch of candy so all right so what what were the costumes? Well, uh, for just the costumes around here? Or just your kids? Oh, the kids? Oh, I mean, the 15-year-old, it was a lazy costume. She actually <laughs> didn't even know what she was going to do. And then she comes out. And she came out about 7 o'clock last night and goes, Hey, Dad, can I uh, borrow a tie and a shirt and a hat? I'm going to be a frat boy. I'm like, 
okay, I guess. And so her and her two friends dressed up as frat boys. It was like the very last minute thing. And then the younger one, the 13 year old, her and her friends, they thought about their costumes and they yeah. were all different care bears. So that oh, was like, that's that was, cool. Yeah. So that care, was, bears, care bears are old school. Yeah. They're old school, but they're still, I mean, you can go on Amazon, get a costume for every nice. single one. So she was share bear. Um, and then the other ones, you know, I so like they, it. they went out I and had like a good time, it. but it was, uh, you know, yeah, the 15 year old just, she, she was going to put a sheet on and cut two holes. And I'm like, a little more effort. If you're going to go get candy from people, please. <laughs> okay. So here's a question because yeah. the, the two twins, they are 12. So uh, I was kind of joshing with them yesterday going like, oh, last trick or treating ever. <laughs> Nobody trick or treats when they're 13. And I was just kind of teasing them. Yeah. But then I did wonder, I was like, okay, I think the last time I went trick-or-treating, I was maybe in the seventh or the eighth grade. Yeah, that's I about but right. like like what what when it when do you stop or do, or today does it like not matter? Is that, I'm I just gonna have fun. I saw kids older than my 15-year-old coming around. Yeah. And the, as long as they're respectful, as long as you're going out at that age and you're respectful and you're nice and you're thanking people and right. not causing issues, then I, I Go till you're 18, 19. I don't really care. Sure. Um, because the people who were coming up to the candy shoot were having a blast. They were taking pictures in front of it and uh, and just having very respectful, very nice. Nobody was coming up and, you know, cussing or doing any uh, obscene stuff as, a, as an older kid. Sure. But we probably had some 16, 17-year-olds coming around just having a good time, so... Yeah, I think I, I I think for me it was probably eighth grade, maybe maybe ninth. I I, I don't remember, but maybe I was it short. Was ninth? So. I don't remember. I was short. I could get away with it. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> All right, here's uh, this is this is an old guy moment here. I'm going to create one for you. Yes. Do you know what this costume is? Well, those are Minecraft characters of some sort, right? I mean, those there are there. You go. I'm those, so, yeah. So impressed. Those are Minecraft blocks that there they're holding. But what are they? In particular, I don't know. All I know is they wanted to be Minecraft, and so That's their awesome. dad put together these uniforms. But the the, the so there really were really cool. So it looks like there was one main problem. So you see the little tubes where mm -hmm. their arms come out. Yes. So I, so I guess those were a little awkward to wear around the neighborhood for more than ten minutes. So Makes they had sense. to eventually take those off, and then. Um, so my stepdaughter had a similar one, but she didn't wear the whole getup. She just decided, well, as long as I wear the the um, box on my face, yeah, that counts. And so she just wore like whatever else she wanted. <laughs> but I guess then that was also a little rough because the the eyes there wasn't enough room for the eyes, so they were like tripping over small kids oh, and no. animals and stuff. So, <laughs> but for the picture, I thought it was an excellent, excellent costume. That is cool. And the boxes that they're holding are the candy collection bags. Sure. Right? Yes, I mean, that's, exactly. oh, that's cool. That yeah. is awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's very creative and yeah. Uh, and I love video out. game theme stuff. I saw a little Sonic the Hedgehog walking uh -huh. around last night and uh, there was a, another guy, I had no idea what the heck he was. And they go, oh, he's from Fortnite. I'm like, nah, I <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, but I'm very impressed at the Minecraft. Uh, yes. Very, very hey, impressed. I know that's, I know Minecraft. I know Roblox and a couple of the other ones. Uh, what's the other one? Animal Crossing. I know all mm -hmm. about that one because, right. yeah, the little one's into all that. So, yeah. all right, right on. Let's get to some stuff with the Giants. Uh, Tommy Listella had surgery on his uh, Achilles. Yeah. And it looks like he's going to be out for four months. So this isn't the scary basketball injury that happens a lot, which is where the Achilles tendon ruptures. Right. Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, Dominique Wilkins, they've all gone through it. And it's really only until uh, Clay Thompson for the Warriors just recently, only until I would say the last five years has it been to the point of where it's just not like a career killer? Like I know when Dominique hurt his or when he tore his and had to get surgery on it, he was already near like the, the later stages of his career, but it's like zapped him of all his athleticism really. Yeah. And then Kobe also at the end of his career, you know, he, so he, he, he dealt with it, uh, I guess. Okay. But was never the players before. Uh, Katie's done excellent with it. He's he's just uh, a different kind of beast, I guess. But this isn't that. This is just 
Um, as far as we know, uh, it was a nagging Achilles. So he had surgery on it, be out for four months, which would have him coming back in the middle of spring training. So let's say, um, even let, let, let's say they're, they're a little bit more conservative and maybe he's kind of, uh, you know, on the injured list to start the year. It does look like once the, the year is about to begin that he should be good to go. I think the most important thing for Tommy Listella in an injury like this is when can he swing the bat? Because uh, if he can start swinging the bat before spring training, that will help with timing and everything else. Um, fielding will happen. You know, that that's just kind of one of those things. I would think, now, which heel was it? I don't know, because at, at some point during the season, seen. both of them were like nagging him. Yeah, so and that's why I was curious and it was his left right during the playoffs was his main issue yes okay so as a left-handed hitter i mean that's your back foot that's your you know that's not your coming down on foot that's not your landing foot so hopefully if he can start swinging about like a month or so before spring training I, i think that would help him along the way he missed a lot of time with uh with an injury this past season um never quite became the Tommy Listella that was advertised. Uh, so that's, this is kind of a tough, tough break yeah. for him. Um, yeah. you know, but, but I, I expect him to, he seems like the type of guy he, he's a gamer. I think he'll be ready. Well, he was, you know, he signed a multi-year deal. So yeah. this wasn't something where, you know, he's only signs the one year deal and then he's injured on his way out. It affects free agency. Nope. He he's back with us. So they're going to invest in him. I'm sure and get him uh, back up to speed because they're going to need him. Like we saw, unless they go out and sign, you know, Marcus Simeon or somebody like that, <laughs> right. Yeah. Who can, who can just take over the position. Sure. Mm, it, it, unless they do, unless they do that, it's probably going to be similar to what they did last year with Lestella and Solano and, yeah. you know, uh, Dubon and all, all these guys who, who are there. They, they didn't really have one person say, this is my job. They had a multiple of guys who and Estrada. Up. I mean, at, at some Estrada, point it was yeah, yeah we're like four or five different guys. There. He may so, and he may be the guy, right? He may yeah. be the guy who they go, okay, we want you to win the job, and Listella, we're going to move you all around because you can play so many different positions. Yeah, let's say he can play 110 games at second base. I think they would be the Giants would be more than happy with that. Uh, 110 games, 115 games at second base, and have to plug in the rest of the time. That'd be fantastic. Then, then you have a, a true second baseman. But again, as a, as a, a left-handed hitter, and the Giants love their platoons. So yes. you know, it's hard to say. There's so much offseason left to go. <laughs> Actually, yes. it hasn't even started yet, technically. Uh, okay, so another piece of news that just came out today is that the Giants are going to lose their hitting coach, Donnie Ecker. He is going to join the Texas Rangers to work as a bench coach and an offensive coordinator. I thought we only had those in football. <laughs> when I saw that today, too, I thought, what the <laughs> heck? I've never heard them call that position offensive coordinator. But I guess that's maybe the Giants invented something here with the, the gigantic offensive coaching staff and uh, the gigantic pitching coaching staff. Maybe there's an offensive coordinator and a what do you call it? Pitching a I guess just pitching coordinator, right? You can't say you can't call that a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. So, what did Ecker do with the Giants that made him so attractive? I'm reading from the KBR report that um, Giants did a couple different things, like their batting practice um, was a little bit more game speed, so not not as much. I guess you would say, you know throw it right down the pipe so we can hit as many home runs in, in batting practice as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, visual simulation for, for preparation. Uh, also, um, what was the other thing that I saw? I guess it was just the fact that I guess he worked pretty closely with uh, Lamont Wade and Brandon Belt, and those guys had career years, and he also helped Brandon Crawford uh, adjust his swing a bit. So, you know, those are those are pretty impressive things if you are being if you were the one who is being credited for for that. So, uh and and you know, 
I would I, I would love to tell you that. Oh, you know what? You know who's who's out there it, waiting for us to bring them in is like this. You know this this hitting coach from X Y Z. Like who knows? Like the, yeah. I, I'm sure the Giants know. I'm sure they have a list of of folks because they have you know 35 coaches in the dugout. So. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it too, so so and obviously they have to fill Ron Wotus' spot as well as third base coach. Um, and and Wotus was not just third base coach. He was kind of like, you know, a second. Uh, bench coach because he'd been a bench coach for so many years. So Kai Correa, I'm sure learned a ton from Ron Wotus as, as the seasons went on. Um, so they have to fill that spot as well. But if you're looking at it too, I mean, you've got, you know, a director of hitting is Dustin Lynn. Um, you've got a hitting coach in Justin Veal. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are, there are, coaches that are on the current giants roster um, that will probably get that spot. And that's, I think they talked about that w- as well in the post um, was it the postseason press conference. It was uh Kapler and Zadie. They did talk about, they, they can fill from within. They have so many coaches and they're all on the same um, level in terms of philosophy. And they, they can reach down to triple a too and do the same thing. Double a, I mean, they, they have so many, I'm, I'm sure they're grooming people as a Rams fan. I'll just throw this out there as a football equivalent. Uh, Sean McVay became the, the youngest coach in NFL um, history. I believe it was. And every coach that he's had has had on the offensive side has been poached from him at, at the end of each season. And then he continues to grab, Oh, I'll grab this guy. And then that guy goes off to be a head coach too. Yeah. So, and I think the giants are building something like that here too, where all of a sudden they're going to plug somebody else in and, and maybe even the offense goes up a notch and mm-hmm. they go, Oh, okay. Well we had that in our back pocket this whole time too. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about that type of stuff when it comes to baseball. Um, hitters get, into what it is that they do. They get into their, um, their routines. Mm -hmm. And especially, I mean, you've got uh, belt, you've got Crawford, you've got Posey who had the resurgences. um, And they also learned a lot as time has gone on. And that philosophy is not going to change with the giants. That's going to stay the same. So they're going to continue on their resurgent um, for however many more years they can. So I saw a note in an article by Grant, Brisby, and he thinks the Giants are going to have around sixty million to spend in free agency, probably for like I don't know five guys or something like that. And, and so he, you know, he says it could be it could be even more than sixty, but that's what he kind of pegged as uh, the the minimum. Now, what made me made me think about which is you know what Zadie has done so far is find these diamonds in the rough. And when you can find a guy who no one else is really paying attention to grab him, plug him in. You're like, Oh, he's not, he's not any good. We cut him and he's gone. Yeah. And you just do that for so like so many guys, there's like 25 guys that they've probably done that within the last two years. And they've even missed on on a couple, right? Because Connor Joe was able to play with uh, with the Rockies, right? Like yeah. he, he he may have been a guy that that could have stuck on on the Giants for all we know. When you have these high dollar guys, I wonder if the I don't know I don't know what, how to how to explain it, but like he can't like miss as easily. Like he can't just yeah. like like you know drag and drop so easily. And so I wonder. You know, I wonder how conservative they're going to be with some of these guys knowing that. Because, like, let's say, you know, I, I guess if the, a Simeon is out there and you want him and you pay him, then you just pay him. But if there's other guys who are maybe like 10 or $15 million guys, Zadie might think, you know, I can find a guy that's at $2 million who's comparable. So why spend the 15? I, w- I wonder how much of that thought is involved. No, you bring up a really good point. And that, that, I've been thinking about that the last couple of weeks too, because when you look at it, I, I think the money is going to go to pitching. Um, the Giants really want to shore up that pitching staff and have three or four just rock solid starters. Um, 
you know, pitching has changed, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but pitching has changed uh, over the last couple of years, but it was because of the COVID season. Because of that, um, you know, things were a little different this year. So I think you've got to have those three or four horses that can get you, you know, 180 to 200 innings would be really, really nice. I That's probably a little high. Let's go 160 to 190. Um but if you have four guys that can do that, you pay those guys because those are the guys you want. You don't want your competitors to have those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like you said, too, hitting-wise, you can stumble on a Yaz. And, and we say stumble. These guys do so much work. Zane oh, yeah. and his team do oh, yeah. so much work to find these guys. So Yaz, Solano, um, you know, just 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 grabbing them rough. Um, all of these guys, uh, they can do it because they have a database of players. I'm sure that they're looking at, and I'm sure that they. I mean, Vossler hasn't even had really a full chance yet to. to Vossler still has options, and he's like, yeah, almost as old as us. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's 28. <laughs> Are you saying I'm 28? I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it is, we still have guys like that. That you know, Tyro Estrada got a shot this year, and he was outstanding, but. You know, uh, there's also guys, too, that you see that are plugged in like that, that need more at bats. And can the Giants give them those at bats? Probably not. Um, The way they platoon and the way they do things differently, I don't think you can. So then you move them for pitching pieces. You move them for relieving pieces. A great left-hander, a great right-hander here. Um, There's a lot of guys that are in AAA across the major leagues who are being roadblocked from getting to the majors by with superstars with, like you said, $20 million contracts Mm -hmm. sitting in front of them. And you can't, you just can't do anything. So you got to move these guys. And the the other thing is if you're thinking about, well, we have Ramos in AAA, we have Joey Bart. We have Luciano coming up in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Do you go in and sign some of these older players for, you know, five and six year deals, knowing that, you know, you got these other people waiting in the wings and by the end of that contract, because historically would have been the worst contracts for the Giants, like a Matt Kane five year deal where for maybe for the first two years he was Matt Kane and then the, the other three he wasn't. Hunter Pence had a, had a similar thing, and so you know. Also, when you have the money, these longer de- longer term deals are, are there because these players have so much leverage, and that's also something that they have to think about. Well, and that's an interesting point too, because are the Giants still rebuilding? I honestly think they are. I don't think they've gotten to the point yet where they said, okay, we're satisfied. Yes, we won 107 games. We're going to do that every year. Absolutely not. I don't think this team can do that every single year because. Technically, right now, there is no team. I mean, all these guys are, majority of these guys are free agents. So the Giants are going to lose a lot of players this year. So I think that brings up a good point where you're talking about the minor league system. You need to continue to build these guys. You need to continue to get these superstar, draft these superstar minor leaguers and build them up, build them up, build them up to the point where they're being plugged in with veterans who are on three-year deals. Then... And again, Zadie from the Dodgers wants to do what the Dodgers did. Then you can you have this cache of minor leaguers that in the middle of a season, you can turn them into a Max Scherzer, and then Max Scherzer wants to be there, and then you sign him to a five-year deal because Max Scherzer is already proven. He's not a Logan Webb where you weren't sure. Now you're kind of sure, but we still need to see next year to be 100% sure. Scherzer is that. So I think that's what the Giants are still another year or two away from getting to that point where then they start selling off the minor leaguers instead of necessarily waiting to have these guys all come up to the majors. They're going to start to be cultivated for for big trade chips in the middle of the seasons coming up. All right. On November 1st, 2021, if I asked you this question, Mm -hmm. is Chris Bryant on the team in April of 2022, what does your gut tell you right now? My gut tells me no. Um, I, I, although, I mean, he's one of the, the, the like best puzzle piece fits for the Giants going forward because of all the positions he can play. He's the 30 home run guy you talked about last week. Oh, yeah. Right? And so that's your 30 home run guy, possibly. So I, I would absolutely love to see him there. But Scott Boris. 
Right. I mean, who even knows if he's going to be signed with the team by April? I, I don't even know what this offseason is going to look like. Um, w- December 1st, we could have a lockout. I mean, yeah. we could have a, a, a full baseball shutdown, which probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Um, so hopefully, and that's, I mean, as it is right now, free agency is already delayed. We've seen the last few seasons, not COVID withstanding, but, but, you know, 19, 18, 17, going back a few years, a uh, free agency. I mean, Bryce Harper, when did he sign? Like a week into spring training? I mean, it, we're getting to that point. And he was a Boris guy, right? Yeah. So I, I, I don't even know. I mean, that, that, not that standing there, but I'm just saying, I don't think he's going to be with the Giants. I think he's going to be, you know, a Yankee. He's done with the Dodgers. I almost, I was going to say that, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that. Yeah. Well, cause it looks like the Dodgers may lose Taylor, right? Like that. Yeah. The, they're going to, they're going to lose Taylor. They're going to lose Seager probably. Um, cause they've got Turner for another year or two. Yeah. Um, so Chris Bryant is a good fit there. So, I mean, because he can play multiple positions. I mean, that, that is your, that is your Dodger giant type of player um in chris bryant so it's gonna it's gonna be a battle if the giants want to shell that money out they certainly can chris bryant likes san francisco um i don't think he was just blowing smoke yeah i I I thought he fit in very well yeah and i think he legitimately loves the city and loves playing in the ballpark and loves the fans so um i would love to see him back my gut tells me it's going to be another Bryce Harper where we're going to go down to the wire and then we're going to get our hearts broken and then we're going to not like the guy. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to not like Chris. I'm probably never going to not like Chris Bryant. I mean, he's a really likable dude. Well, the, so. the, when, when the giants traded for him and the playoffs happened, a lot of the Cubs fans, they said, Oh, we're rooting for the giants because we just love Chris Bryant so much. So yeah. that tells you a lot when the guy leaves and the fan base is just like, Oh, we, we love him so much. We're going to root for the team who now has him. So well, that, the, that tells you how good of a guy he is. Yeah. And the giants will pay a little extra for a clubhouse guy. I mean, it's not, it's not the Yankees where it's just, Hey, biggest name, biggest money Corporate. on the market. Yeah. Shave let's your mustache. Yeah, your hair. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he costs this much, but we don't care. Let's go get him. He's not a clubhouse guy. We don't care. Let's go get him. He's the best player at that position. Yeah. That, that works sometimes. Uh, hasn't worked for the Yankees for a long time. Um, so I don't know the giants. I think they will pay extra for, for a clubhouse guy. Um, they may pay, they may overpay for Chris Bryant, but that's okay. I mean, the, the amount of positions that he can play, the amount of home runs he's going to hit, um, his defense, uh, is, is a little rough, but he can play everywhere. Um, who knows? They may need him at first base coming up. So. Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Belt will be back. I'll just say that now. There we go. I think you will. Um, all right. So we're well, we'll probably going to end the show a little bit early this week just because we are in those weeks of not a whole lot going on with the Giants. But this is a, 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 a Giants tangential kind of situation because... This guy who uh, is a manager today used to play for the team. I remember when I started watching the Giants, he was backing up Bob Brenly. His name is Bob Melvin. Yeah. Coach, had a manager of the A's. And the A's did something very interesting, which is Bob Melvin. Uh, there's an opening in San Diego. And they were like, yeah, Bob, why don't you go see if you like San Diego? See if San Diego likes you? Yeah. And if so... We'll let you go. And that's exactly what happened. New manager of the San Diego Padres, Bob Melvin, one of the most beloved managers in, in the game. I would have been hurt if it was Bochi. So I'm okay with this because yeah, yeah. that was the rumor. Was, that was the oh, rumor. It's, yeah, it's going to be Bochi. I mean, the old guys are making a resurgence. Look at Larusa and you Dusty. Know, Mel- Dusty and Melvin's 60 years old. Um, this was a fantastic pickup for San Diego. I mean, this was just a steal for San Diego. Um, they had gone with rookie managers, the last three picks. And, uh, now they go with, um, you know, a proven veteran. If, if Melvin had been there, I'd say the last two or three years, he might even have a title under his belt. I mean, he, he, I think he's that great of a manager. He's, he's even better, um, as a, 
personnel type of guy. Um, he knows pitching. He knows hitting. He 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 knows his players inside and out. Um, and once he learns the San Diego team, they could be really, really dangerous. Um, he's he's finally getting his opportunity, I think. I mean, because he managed for Seattle. He managed for Arizona. He managed for um, the A's. He's finally getting that opportunity where it's like, Bob, what do you want? We'll, yeah. We'll go get it for you. Yeah. Here's, your, um, here's, here's what your minimum payroll is, which is more <laughs> than your maximum payroll ever in Oakland. <laughs> probably double. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's probably, it's pretty outrageous. So he's going to give that, he's going to get that chance to, 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 you know, spend other people's money and get, uh, pieces in place that he wants and people he wants to manage. And, uh, man, it's, it's going to be a tight three team race next year. Um, it was for half a season this year and then San Diego fell off, but I, with Bob Melvin there, they're not going to do that. So the, you know, we both have A's fans in our lives because, mm -hmm. you know, just being in the Bay area, I do feel badly for them because, mm -hmm. you know, even the, the hardcore ones who, they know the game. They have to deal with knowing that in the end, they're going to let tons of players go. This one was a little bit of a slap in the face, though, because the guy was signed. He I don't know how many more years he had on his deal, but it was basically like, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the A's now, you're worried about them going to Vegas yeah. Uh, Dave Caval is uh, at uh, Vegas hockey games tweeting, and you're like, "Come on, don't be." A dick. <laughs> uh, and, and and now the one glue or the one person that is like, "Oh, at least we have a manager who is respected, and we don't have this carousel of players in and out." And and they basically say, "No, Bob, just go. We know you don't want to be here." Just go. We'll find somebody who makes less than half of what you make and we'll sell it to the fans as like, you know, we're, we're the new young swinging A's. <laughs> so I, I would just be so frustrated and I'm so happy. Yeah. You know, I really feel happy that the Giants are not like that because the Giants have been like that in the past when we were growing up where, you, yeah. where they were not going to be spending the money and it was all going to be about if they could get you know, through the through the draft and these young players to blossom. But then they signed Barry and that kind of changed the whole thing. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel bad for them because, you know, they're going to have to go through this thing where these these guys they've been rooting for for the last two or three years, they just know that they're going to be traded and it's frustrating. Yeah, it's brutal. And and I I am not an A's fan at all. I don't care for them. Um, I just, and it, it probably has mostly to do with you know, 89 is part of it. Sure. Uh, the other part is they're an American league club and I'm just not an American yeah. league fan. Um, I love, there's a lot of American league players growing up that I just loved like Dwight Evans, Wade Boggs, George Brett. I mean, huge, it, just huge fans of those guys, but you know, that style of baseball wasn't always my thing with the DH. And now, you know, I'm coming around as I get older and it's like, yeah, okay, let's see the DH. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm tired of watching Gossman go up there, and <laughs> try to hack away. So just give him a Buster Posey some <clears throat> breaks from behind the plate. Yeah. Let him just hit, you know, four times a game and, and let's extend say, his career a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Give these guys a little more baseball life. Um, but but that being said, I am a huge advocate for the A's staying in Oakland. They need yeah. that stadium. I mean, I would that would be an outrageously awesome stadium. I mean, the, the renderings we've seen is really really cool. They need to stay in Oakland. I them going to Vegas would just be. I mean, Oakland is getting hit left and right. They would have no professional team, right? I mean, after that 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 would be it. The the um, the talk is that they're they're trying to get a WNBA team in there, but yeah, the Warriors are technically the Bay Area's team, but they now yeah. play in San Francisco. Right. Um the Raiders are gone. The A yeah, you know, the A's could could really take over that town and I think that that's probably what they want. Now, here's the thing though. The A's fans over the years, mm -hmm. The re uh, you know, the reason why we don't go to the games because stadium sucks. Reason why we don't go to the games because the ownership doesn't invest in the team. Reason why we don't go to the games is because of you know whatever. They won't have that excuse, and they're <laughs> right? gonna have to fill up the park, <laughs> right? Yeah, because if the city is gonna invest this money, 
The team's going to say, look, you know, we, we want to be here now. The fan base is going to have to come out. And maybe now that it would just be a one team fan, uh, one team city, maybe yeah. that will happen, but they won't have any more excuses, I don't think. Well, and the, and the other thing, too, is a move to Vegas for a baseball team isn't just a move to Vegas for a baseball team. I mean, there's a AAA team that plays there now, the Aviators, and they've been playing there for a few years. They, they were the Area 51s mm-hmm. uh, a little while back. Um, but, yeah, and, and they've been there for a while. It is – if you've never been to Vegas in the summer – it's like standing on the sun. I mean, yeah. we, we, we have a place down there that we hit um, you know, every couple of years. And uh, so we're going this coming June. And we could have gone in July, but we're like, well, it's 116 <laughs> every day in July, but it's only 109 in June. So we're going to go in June. So it would have to be. I mean, the team that plays in Vegas right now, the AAA team, they 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 get a pretty decent draw, but their games start at like 7.15, 7.30 at night because yeah. then it cools down to like 105. So I would think they would have to almost have an indoor type of stadium like Arizona because um, Arizona, same thing. It's the same heat. So that same type of design. So I'd right. have to really see the st- stadium before I thought, oh, this is a good move for Oakland, to, you know, for the A's to go to, to Vegas because – if you're going in there and they will draw, if you go to, if you go to Vegas, you will draw because uh, the casinos give out free everything to yeah. everything. So yeah. they're, they're going to have massive amounts of tickets. Like, Hey, everybody want to go to an A's game tonight? Here you go. Here's 15 tickets. Yeah. Um, just like the Raiders. I mean, it's, and you get fans from all over the place mm-hmm. in Vegas too. People come from all over the country and all over the world to go to Las Vegas so they will fill the stadium. Won't necessarily be A's fans. There will be people and uh, watching baseball, um, but that's probably what you're going to get. So that's why I think they do need to stay in Oakland because, like you said too, they won't have any more excuses. The real A's fans will come out. They will start to. Bu- they've got to build that trust back, though. That that's the whole thing. And and the only way to build that trust back is to get marquee talent, build a beautiful stadium, get marquee talent. Uh, you know, the Giants did that seven years before they moved into, oh, what was it first called? Uh, SBC, right? Pac Bell. <laughs> Pac Bell, that's right. Pac Bell, then SBC, then AT&T. Um, so when it was for when they first moved into Pac Bell, they had marquee talent and then they won the West and they kept drawing fans and they kept uh, getting better players and, and signing, uh, you know, great pitching and, and uh, drafting great pitching and everything else. Um, the A's have a tendency to draft good players, develop them and trade them. And that is killing the fan base right now. And it's because they don't have anywhere to play. Um, so I think as soon as they remedy that things will turn around very quickly. Um, and, and, and that's why I think they need to stay in Oakland. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. So, uh, that'll be it from here when we come back next week. So next week I'm actually out of town until Tuesday. So we'll have to figure out when we can come back next week. Well, and, and the Rams and Niners play on Monday night next week. So yeah, right. We got that. Right. So, um, yeah, so uh, we will be back next week. We will let you know the day and time exactly uh, when we uh, when we figure that out. But uh, for Brad, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.